Anybody Can Youth Foundation teaches our youth to step off into life with their best foot forward, without cowardice, but with courage and dignity. ABC was founded by legendary light heavyweight champion Archie Moore in 1957. He had a heart and passion for helping the youth. He believed if we went into the business of prevention, we could save billions of dollars and millions of lives. He started ABC to teach youth the basic ABCs of life. Are you concerned about the world today? Do you want to help train our youth to be the change needed in the world? Join us in the fight for equality, in the fight for justice, in the fight for our youth. If you would like to help, go to www.abcyouthfoundation.org. That's www.abcyouthfoundation.org. Be well and be blessed. Hello and welcome to In the Ring with Billy Moore. This morning, we will be discussing details about the opening and the closing of schools in the midst of this COVID virus. And with us, we have the president of St. Augustine High School, a, a, a Catholic all-boys school. Ed Hearn is the president of the school, and he's been there for, oh, some odd 14 years. And we will be going into some pretty in-depth details. So stay tuned because in the ring, anything goes. Okay, well, I, uh, I'm in my, uh, I just began my 49th year in Catholic education. Uh, just began my 15th year as uh, president of St. Augustine. Um, I've been at uh, a, a long time, I was at a school in Los Angeles for 19 years, Loyola High School. Then I was uh, in Bakersfield for five years as the president principal of Garces Memorial High School. And then I was in Phoenix, Arizona for 10 years as the principal of a large, and, uh, and most recently I've been here. Uh, I have three boys. Uh, I've been married uh, about the, the same length of time, 49 years, uh, to Diana. And uh, my boys have... Uh, have all matriculated through college and uh, are productive, and uh, I'm just so blessed that way. Let me just say that uh, we're a uh, urban school. We have um, we've been here 98 years. We were founded by the Augustinian Friars uh, back in 1922. They came out from Villanova University, which was Villanova College in those days. So we have a very close affiliation with Villanova, and as a consequence, I root for their basketball team all the time. Um, we are a, uh, a college preparatory school in the sense that our kids go to college after they graduate. We um, take a lot of pride in, in that. We, we take a lot of kids, uh, sometimes questionable, that uh, we gear up and we nurture and uh, teach them uh, enough that they uh, get into college and and in most cases, thrive. Uh, we have a, a real strong uh, athletic program. Uh, we have a strong uh, campus ministry program. Uh, and now we, our latest thing is we have a brand new theater on campus. And uh, our goal is, is to be uh, like a, a, a tremendous uh, theater uh, group as well. So we've got a lot of things going for us and uh, we're centrally located 
We have kids from virtually every part of the county coming to our school, as well as from Tijuana. We, we have uh, a large number of kids that, that do come from, uh, from Mexico. So that, that's about the extent of it. We're, we're about 65 uh, people on our staff and faculty. And uh, it's, a good, it's a really great community. Uh, it's a community based on unity, truth, and love. That's our core values. Let's get on to the big question. Okay. Big question. <laughs> now, you, 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 so you are, oh, I see why you've been doing the, doing your homework on that peekaboo, on that peekaboo style, because you're getting ready to take on the state of California. That's, that's right. That's the reason why you're in, into that boxing peekaboo style. You're taking on <laughs> the state of California. You're bad. You're a tough guy. But what's the deal <laughs> with uh, um, St. Augustine taking on the state of California? Uh, well, our board of uh, directors, executive board, uh, we've been very concerned uh, since mid-July yes, when sir. the uh, governor's order came out that there would be no in-person school and we would all be online. Uh, we did that for 10 weeks in the spring. We did it very well as a school, but our teachers and our parents and our students will tell you it doesn't even come close to what it is when they're on campus learning on campus, face-to-face, heart-to-heart with their teachers. And so we want, our desire is uh, to get them back on campus. Now, of course, you've got one group of people saying, well, it's not safe. You, you shouldn't do that. You're going to spread the, the coronavirus. Well, uh, obviously, that's a point of view. We feel that we ran a very successful summer school. Uh, over 400 students. We had no outbreak of the coronavirus uh, yes. on our campus during the, those six weeks. Uh, so we persevered through that uh, with the masks, social distance, washing your hands frequently, and we we're able to avoid it. And now you could make the case, well, that's 400 students. What, you're going to have 700 students. So you're almost going to have double the amount of students there. But we've figured out a way to socially distance all those kids using outside facilities and that sort of thing to keep everyone away from each other uh, so that we can, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, Billy, it's a middle ground. You know, you've got one side over here saying everybody needs to be shut in, no risk. And then you have another group over here shouting, let these kids back in school. St. Augustine's is taking the middle road, which is a little online a little in class, keep the masks on, keep your social distance, and we can get through this. We have, we're going to have to some way figure it out how we're going to live with this virus in our society. We can't stay shut in forever. It, right. it, it, you know, it, it's, we already know that, that these boys, uh, there's a big article in the LA Times two days ago just about what it's going to mean to be online in Los Angeles for a lot of the kids and the abuse that will begin happening in family life because everyone's stressed, uh, especially in low-income families. And that's the basis of our, our lawsuit, too, is we're, we're basically uh, charging the governor, uh, his office, with 
racial discrimination because his policies put uh, low-income minority kids online. Many of these kids don't have Wi-Fi at home. They don't have computers. Their both parents work, so they're kid. So they're unsupervised kids all day long. Uh, they come home. We know that poverty is a big stressor because uh, there's not enough to go around, and so things kind of come undone in these kinds of situations. And the L.A. Times is re- this article was very concerning to me when I read it. I thought, you know. It's going to be happening all how long, over. How long ago was that? When was that two out? Days, two days ago. Two days ago? Yeah. Okay. And uh, and it talked about discrimination? No, we, we're talking about discrimination. That's, that, that's what we're talking about. They're talking about these kids being at home alone with their dads and moms not being there, not being supervised. They have too much time on their hands, and that spells trouble. Well, I know uh, I, one of the things, uh, 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 Ter- uh, Terrence Chig, our COO, Terrence uh, brought that up. He's been, actually, he's been bringing it up over a period of time that, you know, we're talking about doing this and doing that with the kids uh, in the home, but the kids don't have what's needed to do this and do that and do this for us to reach them in the home. That's right. So I, uh, I absolutely agree with Terrence. That, yeah, that so is absolutely we, so the, the problem. I was talking to a lady the other day and as she said, well, Billy, you know, we're, we're pretty wealthy. And uh, I think those are her words. And, and those are the people that we associate with. And, and uh, so we came up with an idea to, to help be able to help the kids. Mm-hmm. And, but the bottom line is, this is what the, the point I'm getting at is, as she said, people, that can afford certain things on the north of eight. On the north of eight, the kids yes. are going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But so I said, well, so we said, well, what's going to happen south of eight? Well, Billy, we're in the same situation that's been going on for a while. Those kids are going to be much further behind. Mm-hmm. So the, the gulf gets bigger, Billy. Yes, sir. So I think that uh, maybe I guess Ed, what you're saying is the answer is is to get them back in schools. If if a school can safely do that, yeah, the school should be opened by the county health department to do its business. We, we, we have, so, so let, let me kind of talk about just the disparity in the order. Okay. The governor's order. So let's say you can do these learning pods, 12 kids or less, and you can hire a teacher and that teacher can teach those 12 kids in this learning pod in person, face to face. Those 12 families, if they come from high-capacity income families, they can pay for that. What happens to the kids on the other side of the bell curve whose family can't afford that? They're left with online education, which is inferior. We saw what happened in some of the public schools in spring. 
it was almost learning was almost non-existent in some cases. It's 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 an inferior model. Is the problem, and the only kid the kids that there are fam, people with money. There are people moving out of our county, sending their kids to prep schools outside the county because they can be taught in person. Oh yeah, yeah. We there are families that move have moved out of the state, so their well, kids can be taught in person. Well, maybe you can answer this for me. Well, isn't uh, the Sweetwater School District? Aren't they back in school? I don't know specifically about Sweetwater. I, I don't think so. No, I think they're online. They all have. To, everybody has to be online. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't right. matter if you're public, private, uh, religious, whatever your affiliation. If you're a high school, you're online right now. Okay. And and we're, and we're challenging that on the basis of. It's discrimination against low-income minority families. And you okay, have, because uh, they're left uh, they're left with online learning, which is not very good. And you have fifty uh, percent, from what I understand, is that fifty percent or close to fifty percent or a little more of your student body is from low-income families. Fifty-three percent of our boys 53%. receive financial assistance. We have. One fifth of our student body live in uh, boundaries of Title I schools, which means, you know, for you know, reduced price for lunch, all those kinds of things. They get a lot of benefits if they went to the public school, but they they come to Saints and we cover a large part of their tuition so they can come. Yeah, you put in a, and I commend you for that too. I commend Thank you, you for. Reaching out and uh, uh, trying to get kids in there for a higher edu- higher education. Um, Thank you. Well, how do you, Ed? What 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 do you think? Uh, how does this look? The challenge well, that you guys. Are- well, the okay. So uh, we won a, a challenge yesterday in court. Uh, you uh, did a motion. Yeah, one of the motions we won, and and that was to speed this up so we could reduce the damages to our students. Our case is going to be held uh, in uh, Superior Court in San Diego next Friday. I'm not sure. I think it's 1030 in the morning. Okay. Uh, We're going to get a hearing. Uh, Win or lose, uh, the next step, like if we lost, we could take it to the California Appellate Court and have the Appeals Court look at the ruling. And then if we were unsatisfied there, we could go to the California Supreme Court and ask for them to oversight. So. This whole process, if we took it all the way, would be about a month. Let's say the, uh, the powers that be uh, with education are mm-hmm. uh, shot callers with education. Right. Uh, is there any poll or any thoughts or ideas? What, what are they saying? Or do, do we have any of those that are saying, well, we need to open up the schools with social distancing? The, uh, I think the, uh, in the, well, there's two groups of, there's two camps, basically. There's the kind of the private schools, Catholic schools. I, I think all of us, because we're smaller, uh, we can actually deal with the problem a little easier than okay. a large public school. Think about 3,000 students being on your campus and trying to keep all of that intact. It, w- it would be pretty hard. 
we're, we're, you know, Saints is 700 boys. And I think, I, I just think one size fits all doesn't fit anybody really well. You know, it, okay. it's, you know, you know, what's good for a large public school, I don't think is necessarily so good for a small private school. And I don't think it's good public policy. I think schools that can open should open. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. As long as they're safe. They have to be safe, though. And, and when I say safe, that doesn't mean that there will never be a COVID case. There might be. There might be a couple. But we know that, uh, you know, kids especially tolerate this disease much better than uh, people your age and my age, Billy. We don't do as well. But those kids do really well. Really well. Yes. Hey, Ed, what do you mean? What you mean, my age and your age? Well, I'm just saying, Billy. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably a lot older than you. But <laughs> hey, hey, Ed, because hey, because the kids around the gym here, the kids tell me, say, "Well, Coach, no, you're one of us." But my wife, my my wife tells me all the time, "Don't let those kids get you in trouble." <laughs> yeah. Well, those kids are being awful kind to you, Billy. <laughs> all right, Ed. All right, you know. It's, uh, but the thing is that here at ABC, and not only at ABC, but all I've had a chance. I've had the uh, uh, um, great privilege of visiting and being in the classroom at Saints. And what we do is teach our youngsters how to step off in life with their best foot forward without cowardice, but with courage and dignity. And these kids are the ones that's going to have to turn this country around. The kids are our future. Yeah. So, and it's going to take a lot of us, a lot of us older people to help the youngsters fight the fight. Mm -hmm. To help them fight the fight. And, uh, uh, and as you said, what will work for this school will not work for this school. Mm -hmm. That's right. I, that's what I think, yes. Well, Ed, I think that uh, we've got a fight on our hands. We do, and I, I, I want to commend you, Billy, and, and the work you do and the work your dad started many, many years ago that is so meaningful to so many people and I'm just reminded that, you know, we do what we can do. Yeah. And, you know, uh, a young man or a young woman is kind of put on the right course one at a time. It's, it's not a bunch of them. We, we just have to one at a time. And we know that when a, a, a young man or a young woman uh, goes through a, a high school and is in a college preparatory program, goes on to college, and it's the first time this ever happens in their family, their whole future has been changed. From then on, their family yeah. is going to be different. And, and that's the success. And it's such long-term success, but that's how we, we have to play the long game, you know, and get these kids ready for this world because it's got so many problems to deal with. But we have to equip them with the tools to deal with the problems. You said something. And because really, I just kind of went to paying, a t paying, a, paying attention here uh, to what's going on with all of this stuff. 
And uh, one of the things that we do have kids in our society, in our society, that we're going to have to figure out a way to have some in the same room with social distancing, in the same room connection. Yes. In order to reach them. Right. It's a, uh, I'm not, I'm just not one that all of this, the, the computer stuff and all of that kind of stuff. I'm, I mean, there are some people, a lot of you that can do this with your eyes closed, but we do have youngsters out here that I feel that we need to have that same connection in the same room in order to reach them. And it kind of sounds to me like that's kind of what you're saying. Right. I, I think it's, uh, you know, we know from research that when a young man, when a young man is in relationship with his mentor, as, as with you or Terrence or one of the, per, the people that work there or with their teacher, uh, it gets done really well. Yeah. It's, it's the human connection that makes the difference. You know, and we, no, can't that, that, say, we can't, we can't, we can't repeat that again. That repeat that it's, again. The human, it's the human con- connection that makes the difference. All right. All right, Ed. Well, we're at about 90% of our boys go to four-year schools upon graduation. And the rest, about 8% go to junior college. Many times that's... Uh, due to finances. Uh, it's so much easier and cheaper to go to junior college. And then about 2% will go to the armed services. We do have uh, a number of kids that will, will choose that. And primarily it's because they'll get educational, free educational. Well, they'll just have their education will be paid for by the military, essentially. Uh, and that's why they sign up for that. Um, we've had a couple of state championship teams. We had a basketball team in 2013 uh, win the state championship. We had a golf team uh, a number of years ago, I think 2011. Uh, no, no, probably much earlier, 2005, that won the uh, state golf champ- championship. And we had a soccer team win the Southern California championship, which uh, there's no state championship for that. So they went as high as they could go. And our rugby team last year uh, was runner-up in the state. We have a number. We have uh, two kids going to uh, the military academies. We have uh, one going to Annapolis and one going to West Point. And that's pretty much every year we get one or two uh, going to the academies. This are, it's a tremendous education. And we have a number of kids going to really top-tier schools uh, for their education after they leave Saints and go on to get masters and PhDs. It's all about relationships. We, if you look at, if you look at any of the research right now, uh, if you have a teacher and a learner and they don't have a relationship, the learner may learn, may learn, maybe not learn. If you have a relationship between the two of them, now you have a student performing for the teacher and you have a friendship between the two people and you have a person that's rooting for the student to succeed. There's a reason why the home team 
generally wins. It's because people are applauding for the hometown team to win. When you're on the road, it's harder to win because the hometown crowd is rooting against you. So kids need, they need support. They need all of us around them, uh, lifting them up. Many of them have such terrible home lives and they come to school. It's their only piece they have in their day. And we have to be, in many cases, their mom and dad uh, to get them through. And that's why I believe wholeheartedly in smaller schools, because you can actually know the kids that go to your school. You know their names. You know their, their stories. And if you go to their games and you go to their activities, they begin to understand that you really care for them. And that is what really makes the biggest difference in learning is them knowing that you care about them more than they care about themselves. What we need to do is, uh, what state of California need to do or the country need to do is create a position for you to roam around the country helping learning institutions become better. Because you said some, you just got through saying some things that really made a big, big difference. And uh, I'd forgotten all about you. You told me about being up at Garces High School up in Bakersfield. Right. And, uh, um, and to be a winner up in Bakersfield, are <laughs> <laughs> you? You're a tough guy. You're a tough guy. <laughs> That's what we need to do is uh, set up and uh, uh, set up a way for you could go for, uh, that you could go from learning institution to learning institution. Because well, you're being it very, seems you're like, very, you're it being, like this. you made a big difference. Fine, really. uh, places. But you know, uh, I've been around long enough to see when it works and when it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, that's that's the difference. Uh, I've just been around a long time. And I'm passionate about boys and girls being given the skills to succeed. And I that's why I like your group. And that's why I'm on your board. All right. Well, Ed, I think that I've enjoyed you. And now, you know, you... <laughs> I've enjoyed you too, Billy. Yeah, you know, you've... Uh, We've got to do this again. It looks like you, you've been in the ring, and you know, and, and when you're in these four corners, <laughs> it can get a little dangerous. But yeah. you come out. You have come out unscathed. <laughs> unscathed. Look at, so I'm, look at I'm beautiful, Billy. Look at this face. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like you're going to have to move on to the next round. <laughs> yep. We're going to have to come back together after this court case. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll fill you all in. All right, Ed. And have a good uh, weekend, Billy. Thanks, uh, Ed. Thank you, Billy. God bless you. God bless. God bless. Thank you. Bye-bye. And thank you for being in the ring. I'm glad I was in the ring. <laughs> all right, Tim. You, Billy. All You're right, tough. Man. All right. Bless you, Ed. Bless you.